number one, obviously, all glory to God. And then there's a campus, the most efficient organization on the planet. I mean, I'm going to put a plug in because I think we're in the damn state of Iowa. Bobby Telford, I'm the baddest man on the planet. Hey, what's up? Hello, everybody. Welcome to In the Room, a wrestling podcast from the Des Moines Register. I'm Cody Goodwin, the Register's wrestling writer. I'm glad you're here. Um, Second of three podcasts that are in your feed today on Friday, March 3rd. as I said on the first one, um, got a little busy with the wrestling schedule, state tournaments taking over entire weeks, and then I'm having to take weeks to kind of recover just with sickness and catching up on on sleep and whatnot. And um, then this week we ran into technical difficulties and a few other life things, and boom, here we are. That means uh, instead of three shows spread out over the course of the week, we've got three all right here on Friday to get you ready for a full weekend of wrestling. First show in your feed, episode 179, focused almost exclusively on Iowa State and the Big 12 championships. This show right here, number 180, going to focus on the Iowa Hawkeyes and the Big 10 championships. Uh, Similar to the first one, got a couple of interviews here uh, for you guys. Got to talk with Iowa coach Tom Brands, as well as Iowa wrestler Jacob Warner earlier this week. So I laid those audio clips down here for you guys to start the show. And then on the other side of those interviews, uh, linked up uh, with my man, Kevin Clonch, the Big 10 correspondent from Intermax. Um, to discuss the upcoming Big Ten Championships. Uh, Love the Big Ten Tournament every year. Um, At the time that you guys are probably listening to this, I'm on my way to Ann Arbor. Um, Very excited to get to the Chrysler Center and cover some Big Ten wrestling. Um, Absolutely one of my favorite tournaments every year. So Kevin and I break that down. Um, just kind of a ragtag conversation. I, I, I basically showed up uh, on Zoom with a notebook and a handful of ideas that I just kind of wanted to pick his brain about, and we volleyed them back and forth. And I think we kind of touched on a little bit of everything, um, you know, some big picture ideas, some random thoughts that we have, overall vibe check, um, you know, weights that we're looking forward to, you know, just totally watching collapse because we all know that the preseeds never hold when it comes to these conference tournaments, and especially at the Big Ten Championships. So really fun conversation there. Um, Yeah, fun show for you guys today. So we're going to hop right into it now. I'm going to start with the interviews with Tom Brands and Jacob Warner, and then on the other side of those, immediately right into the conversation with Kevin Clonch um, to discuss the upcoming Big Ten Wrestling Championships. Saturday, Sunday in Ann Arbor, you can catch a lot of it on the uh, Big Ten Network, uh, B1G+. Plus. Um, Obviously, the finals are going to be at 3.30 Central Time on Sunday. Day, believe that's 4:30 Eastern. So, gonna be a fun weekend of wrestling, right? So, um, yeah, let's hop into today's show. Hope you guys enjoy the interviews, and I will catch you on the other side. All right, open up questions for Coach. What uh, you guys ready for what lies ahead this week? Uh, I mean, there'll be two guys, I believe, coming in here, and you can ask them that. I know that um, this is the most exciting time of the year, and I know that this is where careers and memories and whatever is built, whatever is positive is built, comes right out of this qualifier, the Big Ten Championships. And why not springboard yourself into contention? 
national championship in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Why not? I know you said it's been a weird year health-wise. I felt like we've been mo moving the right direction, and I still feel that way. Uh, last three weeks or so, two weeks, a um, little longer than two weeks, so feel good. And regardless, if you feel good or not, you still got to perform, and that's what I've said as we've started to feel good. So our guys know they have to perform. They're about performing. You know, let's go have a blast. A guy like Jacob Warner has wrestled really, really well in the month of March over the course of his career. What is it about him that he's able to flip the switch when March arrives? I think that Jacob Warner is one of those guys that wrestles himself into shape um, emotionally, mentally, as well as physically. And But don't wait too long. And um, I know that he gets excited about, you know, what's in front of us right now. I know that's what excites him. So we gotta, you know, we gotta be smart and we gotta do the things that put us in the best chance to win, but really success, for best chance for success. And you do that by staying in good positions that favor you and being a smart wrestler in all positions. It's that simple. Is it like coaching an athlete that like wrestles his way into shape like he did? Uh, I don't think that's unprecedented. Um, it's the thing is, is he's he's really hard on himself, um, but he also um, is accountable. And at the same time, with that accountability and being hard on himself, he is optimistic. He's an, he's, he's an optimist. He's a fun guy to be around. He's not a downer guy. And even though he's hard on himself and he takes you know, things when they don't go his way, he takes it really, really hard. He can move on from it. And, you know, we just got to be at our best going into Ann Arbor. And then at our best going into Tulsa. That's where we're at. What has Max Mirren done really maybe the last couple of years? I feel like as, as guys get older, they have to maybe manage their body a little bit differently to get through the season after they've done it a few times. What has he done this year to help him? Probably Max Mirren's probably smarter in his approach um, as he's gotten older. I think he could have you the thing is that sometimes when you're young you can handle that load or whatever and when you get older you're you, you know you're more nicked up or whatever um, maybe your joints aren't as elastic or whatever for whatever reason but um, I think when he was young he would just it was all it was just run into the wall face first and I know that wall is going to break and um you know, admirable attitude, um, but sometimes there's a different way to skin the cat. And that's the one thing that uh, Mirren's gotten better every year he's been here. He's smart. Um, he's very hard on himself as well. Um, so he's figured it out and gotten better. And here we are, season number six, COVID year. Here we are. It's upon us. Time to go. You've got some guys who are experiencing this for the first time too. What, what's the key to getting them ready? 
Uh, I think, remember these young guys that are young college wrestlers or maybe first time postseason wrestlers have wrestled in championships their entire life. And it, this is what it's about. And, you know, a week or two ago, there was a state championship in Iowa. There was, there was a lot of fanfare. And it's exciting. And these guys have been in those environments their whole life. I mean, they go to Tulsa um, for the Tulsa Nationals as youngsters. You know, that's the most coveted youngster title is the Tulsa Nationals. And um, they're going to Tulsa for for the the NCAAs now. So they've, they've done this before. That's not downplaying that they're, you know, they're maybe a little experience is beneficial, but... Hey, I mean, if you're if it's your first time, it's your first time. I mean, just go, just go do what you want to do. Go, just go do it. Time to go. It's exciting. It's fun. Um, the Daily Iowans documentary that they made through the 2021 season that premieres on Big Ten Network this Saturday. I know you'll be busy in it, in Ann Arbor, but do you have any plans to watch the documentary? Uh, I think that. Um, I'm very familiar with it and have watched a lot of it. Um, this is a crack team of journalists that when we did this documentary, it was going to be done like how documentaries should be done. And they answered the bell. They were awesome, professional. They were everywhere behind the scenes. And that's one of the things we said. It's not just going to be something where you show up, you know, two times between November and the end of February, and then you follow us in the Big Tens and the Nationals. That's not, that's not a documentary. And they followed us diligently, and they did what they said they were going to do. And I give full credit to Brummond and Frazier and the three main um, videographers, um, Jenna, Ryan, and um, Arrington. Uh, awesome, awesome experience. Um, it makes you trust journalists more when you see it done right. And I saw it done right, and they, they won us over, and they won our guys over too. But it, it's honest. It's honest also. So thanks. Appreciate it. So young. I know. <laughs> it's not the first time I've heard that this week. <laughs> you look like you're ready to go golf. Yeah, I am. <laughs> All right, questions for Warren. Um, you have found a lot of success in the month of March over the course of your career. What is it about this month that you just find out of uh, I think the biggest thing is knowing that everything I put into during the season leads up to this. What happens in December and January don't really matter. February don't really matter. Um, I know what kind of wrestler I am, and I know what how tough I am. And when it comes to March, that's that's really what it's being about, is being tough and gritty and fighting for points and winning close matches. And I think I would do a pretty good job of that. And I keep everything in perspective all throughout the year to know that everything is meant for a reason, and it just builds up to March. Tom said that you're a guy that wrestles his way into shape over the course of the Uh, I think the biggest, the thing that I look at it is 
don't wrestle myself into shape necessarily. I, I wrestle myself into getting better throughout the year goes on. I get better in January. I get better in February. I get better in March. Um, it's a progression thing. And I think some guys, uh, not saying this program, but just team wrestlers throughout the country, they are one road the whole way through. I, I think I like to go up towards a peak and peak peaking is a mindset, but, um, that's what I, that's the way I look at it. I look at it as I'm just getting better all year long. And that's kind of my focus. Are there things you do like away like off the mat that help with this process? Uh, just staying healthy, um, staying healthy, staying ready to go, keeping my lungs in shape. That's the biggest thing. Uh, whether it's off the mat or on the mat doesn't really matter. Um, everything I do is to better my wrestling. So, uh, there's nothing different that I've done this year than last year. I mean, I'm just trying to get better and win a national title. What are, I mean, are there things that you do? I mean, what do you do to, like, keep your lungs ready, keep them healthy? Like, uh, it's just if I need to be off the mat, I'm off the mat. If I need to be on the mat, I'm on the mat. Um, if I need to get bike sprints in, I get bike sprints in. You know, it's it's just stuff like that that uh, uh, just keeps my body ready and primed. And uh, maybe that's working my way into shape as the year goes on, you know. I do more now, or I've done progressively more as the year goes on, you know. So by the time February, March rolls around, I'm – my body's in a lot better shape than it is in November. I think that's progressing as uh, it makes it seem like I, I'm trying to progress as like, I don't care about the past and that's not true. Um, I'm always looking to win the match. I'm always looking to be the best guy on the mat. Um, I just like to keep things in perspective and know that the national title is what really matters. Um, there's been guys who have been, Miles Martin was the 11 seed, won a national title. I made the national finals as a six seed last year. So what happens throughout the year matters as to me as a competitive standpoint, but it doesn't matter when it comes to winning the national title. And that's the way I look at it. I feel like the season's kind of put you in a good position. Into. Yeah, I mean... I don't really care what kind of position it puts me in. I'm in. I'm in the position I'm in. You know, it doesn't really matter uh, whether or not I'm. I'm the fifth seed at Big Tens. It's. It is what it is. I got to win four matches to get the Big Ten title. You know, I got. In an ideal world, I got nine matches left of this of my in an Iowa singlet. So, um, that's kind of my mindset going in. <laughs> no, it's an exciting thought. Gets me hyped up. Gets me ready to go. You thought about just. The fact that there are just two tournaments left for you and I was able to. I'll think about that March 20th. All right, sounds good. Thanks. Check it out. Who's Bears drafted? Trading down. <laughs> As promised, back with Kevin Clonch, Big Ten. Correspondent for Intermat, um, rocking the same hat I am. My hat's on backwards, but you're wearing it oh. forwards like a like a normal person. Clodge, how you doing, man? Dude, I'm pumped. I'm uh, I'm super pumped. Uh, I'm I'm here at my mom's house, which we talked about before we got recording here, and uh, here in Ann Arbor, Michigan, ready for Big Tens. Uh, I'm I'm super excited, man. This is gonna be awesome. So mom lives in Ann Arbor. Does that mean like diehard Michigan Wolverine fans like in the family? I know you guys are, you know, all Michigan, everything up there, but. So funny enough, um, not really. Like, so my quick, quick walk through the clunch jaunt into Ann Arbor. Uh, my dad's from Chattanooga, Tennessee, originally 
He moved up here after he graduated from, um, got his doctorate at Princeton, came here, eventually met my mom. Um, he was previously married. She wanted a kid. Here I am. And then they just kind of settled down in Ann Arbor because that's where his his other uh, children, my, my uh, brothers, uh, lived at the time. So, you know, this is uh, where I grew up and it's always fun getting back here, man. Always fun. That's nice. So, so what can we expect before we actually dive into the weights? What can we expect about uh, Michigan hosting a Big Ten tournament? Right. I feel like it's going to be first class all the way, but you'd probably know better than me. So, a couple interesting things. This is a really good, great question. Um, specific to this, I just found this out a couple days ago, um, and I, I verified it. I think yesterday or the day before, something like that. Um, as far as what you can expect, I mean, great food great places to go out and get drinks or hang out or wherever you want to go. Beautiful, like just scenery you can check out. There's the Arb. There's this awesome uh, alleyway that's just full of this beautiful graffiti. There's a whole bunch of stuff. I wrote a big thing on, um, on Intermat uh, about, you know, travel guide, like what you want to do, where you want to do it. Uh, I've shouted this out. If anybody wants to throw me a, a message on uh, Twitter at Clonchinator, uh, specific to where your hotel is or what you want to do, uh, I'll be happy to point you in the right direction, right? Um, they, the other thing that I just found out, though, evidently uh, being hosted in Ann Arbor Friday, Saturday, and Sunday is also the first round of the hockey championships. Ooh. So I believe, I believe it was Wisconsin who's traveling here. I don't remember if it, maybe Wisconsin was hosting somebody else, but um, Michigan is hosting somebody. So you're going to get a whole bunch of rowdy wrestlers and uh, hockey fans and the fans alike all kind of intermingling together at this, you know, beautiful paella of, of uh, testosterone and excitement. So I am very curious, like, what are the bars that people need to go to now if they want to, like, see? Because I feel like wrestling fans and hockey fans, they're either going to be best friends or they're going to throw hands. There's not going to be like a just you stay over there, we'll stay over here type vibe. Like right, right, something's yeah. going to happen, right? I think there's going to be good intermingling more so than than negative. I really do. Um, I think, you know, Michigan's favorite, that's why they're hosting in hockey, you know? So I think, and then, you know, you're going to get all of the different uh, conference, you know, uh, uh, fans coming in from the rest of the stuff for, for wrestling. So it, I I have positive vibes. I'm uh, you know, <laughs> just thinking like let's let's all go in here with just nobody go into any event thinking like who's gonna r- bump into me the wrong way, right? Like that's not the right thing to do in general, but definitely not when there's you know <laughs> different dynamics than normal. <laughs> Hopefully that they like you know we can introduce the hockey crowd to wrestling a little bit, like. I know that hockey's not really the biggest thing here in Iowa and at some of the other Big Ten schools. So, like, that could be a fun experience. Although, like, Iowa City, kind of a suburb of Chicago in a weird way, okay. just because of the student population that's there and just a lot of people that have, you know, just kind of come over from the suburbs. So, um, pretty, at least when I was there, pretty big contingent of Blackhawks fans. Um, mm-hmm. And it helped that when I was there, they were, you know, they were winning Stanley Cups all the time. So, oh, yeah. Maybe maybe there will be some Iowa fans who are like, yeah, we know exactly what icing is because I don't. <laughs> I uh, I grew up playing NHL 93 back in the day, the single greatest hockey game ever created um, for Sega Genesis. So I learned all those uh, rules pretty early. So good times. Good times. Smart. I think it's smart. Man. I, 
I played uh, I played backyard hockey, and I don't know that they uh, fully explained some of those rules. Probably because I turned them off because I was just sick of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no icing, no offsides. Let's let's just put the puck in the net. Bingo. Yeah. Um, we're here to talk wrestling. Um, Big Ten championships, obviously coming up in Ann Arbor. Um, before we get into just kind of a few topics that we'll volley back and forth here, I just wanted to like. What's the vibe check coming into this weekend, man? Like what, what are, what are your overall feelings? What are your, you know, some kind of top of mind expectations? What do you, what are you thinking coming into this tournament this weekend? It's so generally super positive. Like I, I don't have anything negative to, to say about anything. I mean, this is kind of what we've been waiting for. I and mean, this is the part of the season where you, I mean, you're not going to get anybody quote unquote ducking, you know, like it's going to be just, these are the matchups you hope to see and you hope that the brackets kind of fall in the way that's going to be most exciting for everybody. And, um, and that the best wrestler is going to, you know, at the end of the day, be uh, on the top of the podium. Uh, I do have a little bit of negative vibe just cause I feel bad for some guys like Malik Heinzelman, like that's you know, such a bummer. Yeah. I mean, that guy's been battling for years. <laughs> he's, he's clearly made improvements every single year. Um, and I really was, was, you know, I mean, I was hoping he was going to get on the podium. Like that would have been great for him and to finish off his career with, with, you know, at least that, that thing, that, that thing that you can say, I did it right. Um, so that's a bummer. It's a real bummer. And I know there's other guys in other conferences and stuff who dropped out, you know, but just off the top of my head, that was one of the bummer ones, but for, for the big 10, but in general, man, I'm, I'm ready. I, I think that the seating was by and large, pretty good for the conference. Um, I think that it actually helps, you know, put together some, some fun matchups really early. I mean, you know, Tommy and I were talking on blood round, like, uh, Saturday morning is going to be nuts already. Like it's going to be super fun, man. Yeah. That first session, I think, uh, I don't know if it's like, just because it's always just at big 10 tournament time that I remember this, but like, you know, you get two rounds of wrestling on Saturday, like right out of the gate. And then you get the semis that night. Like Saturday is such a full day. And then like the Big Ten tournament, like I remember last year, maybe it was because I was sitting next to Willie and he was just keeping track of these things. So I just naturally started keeping track of these things. Like last year's Big Ten tournament, like, you know, there were how many All-Americans that went like 0-2, um, you know, and they ultimately qualified because they got at-larges because they're All-Americans and they're good. But mm -hmm. like yeah. a stark reminder that like the Big Ten is deep and everybody's really, really good. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's such a fun tournament to watch, you know, and even like last year, I know last year's big 10 tournament was kind of marred by the whole medical forfeit thing. And, you know, that was a thing that I spent a lot of time writing about because there were a lot of Hawkeyes who were involved in that thing. Um, but yeah, just like it's, I, I love the big 10 tournament because it's a reminder of like, you know, not that we need reminders, but it just gives us one anyway that like, Holy crap, the big 10 really good. Yeah, man. It's, you know, there's going to be a lot of upsets right away. there is every single year um you know i i said again like none of the way like however these are seated not one single weight is ever going to end up in that exact order at the end of the day it's just not going to happen like um every you know there's there's going to be upsets there's there's young guys who all of a sudden are, are hitting their stride there's there's older guys who are struggling with cutting weight there's younger guys who are struggling with cutting weight now at this point in the season because maybe they're growing right like they started off at 141 and now all of a sudden it's the well, 141 is a bad example because i think like everybody's a senior except for like two dudes <laughs> so <laughs> um but it's it's you know some of those weights like i remember dylan Raguson, for example his freshman year he kind of bounced between 25 and 33 he went to 25 at the big tens and 
maybe that probably wasn't his weight, as evidenced also by the fact that he never made 125 again. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, that's you're, yeah, you're going to get I, a lot of that. I see. I think if if you're Dylan Ragason, the, the you know tough wrestling existed at 133, and he was like, "Give me all of that," which mm-hmm, is why mm-hmm. he ultimately went up a weight. Right? Shout out to Terry Brands. I think if he could be 197, he would just because he likes to just bang heads like a ram and just punch in underhooks and seems like his kind of wrestling. He's just a little dude. Which is like, you know, 97 is pretty deep. Like, why not just throw another U.S. Open champ into the mix, right? Like, let's let's just see what happens. Why the hell not, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's okay. So a lot of topics that I just kind of want to get to um, don't really have a specific order, but you mentioned that. Um, we do see a lot of upsets, um, conference weekend all over, but especially at the big 10 tournament, just the seeds never hold exactly part of what makes it fun. When you're thinking upsets, what is a weight that comes to mind right off the top of your head is like, yes, like things could get really wacky at this particular weight. And I don't think the seeds will hold. Oh, 197. It's going to be, it's going to be. <laughs> 197 is going to be completely insane. I, 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 for some reason didn't bring the, the, um, brackets up for that or the uh the the seeds but off the top of my head jackson smith is seated six uh zach bronagles had a great year he's seated third deservedly so um he lost to jackson smith like in the beginning of the season like i think it was pretty a pretty decisive win too um you know jackson's battled some injuries but you've got to think that you know he's he's should be pretty good to go now i think the last couple times he wrestled at the end of the year he looked really good um, so that's, a, that's one right away. Um, you're going to get, uh, uh, Cam Caffey and Jacob Warner at four five there. And to be honest with you, like whoever wins that match, you could call it an upset, right? I think most Iowa fans are like, well, Warner's better than Caffey. So, you know, if Caffey wins, they're going to think that's an upset, but technically Warner is the five seed and Caffey's the four seed. So it's an upset. <laughs> one being higher than the other. Um, and then, you know, if, if you get, I mean, I've been saying this before, I'm a huge Cam Caffey fan, um, not only as a wrestler, but as a dude, like he's just a super nice guy. Um, and he's got a win over Max Dean last season, you know? Um, so you, you got to feel confident as a guy who's, who's got a win over a national champion that you can do it again, you know? Um, so there's that weight just in and of itself right away. And then as the eighth seed, you got Braxton Amos. Remember Braxton Amos, the guy who represented the United States at the Senior World Greco Championships last summer? So The guy who won two medals at the Junior World Championships in the same week, one in freestyle, one in Greco? He sure did. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the hump he needs to get over. Um, well, is. first round, I'll probably have to get over Michael Foy first. So, yeah, you know, hey. Match. It was a really close match in that duel. Um, end of the year, I remember that one really, really, really uh, closely. That whole duel was awesome. It was back and forth between uh, Minnesota and Wisconsin. So, um, yeah, it's going to be – I mean, that one's just going to be right away bonkers. I like that. I like that. Um, I, you know, to- yeah, I, you know, I was kind of thinking um, 65, um, and that's, you know, oh, yeah. maybe – Maybe, I don't know, like just because, you know, I think reasonable minds could disagree potentially on how the seeds ultimately landed. I generally didn't have an issue with them. I know people who maybe crunch numbers a little bit more in depth than I do probably thought differently about how they ultimately ended up. Um, You know, Hamity was the one, Cam Amin was the two, Patrick Kennedy the three, Facundo the four, 
um, Harchla, the five, Caleb Fish, the six. We could keep going, but that's generally, I have no issue with it. Um, I yeah. don't think it'll, I don't think it'll hold that way though. Um, you know, yeah. as, uh, as someone who covers Iowa, I, I generally, I really like Patrick Kennedy's path here. Um, just cause you know, him and Amin, um, you know, I, I, I keep thinking back to, okay, Amin beat Marinelli. Patrick Kennedy is a little bit more versatile and a little bit more explosive, I think, than Marinelli was last year. So what does that matchup look like? I have no idea, but I think it's going to be fun. Um, and either guy, I think, could win that. Um, you know, so then does Hamity come out of the top side? Which Carson Karchler do we get, right? Like, I don't, yeah, I don't know. He could be a five seed that sneaks in. I, I just love, I love that, um, and I don't necessarily disagree with this. I should preface this this first, but I just love that Iowa fans are like, yeah, Patrick Kennedy better Alex Marinelli. <laughs> just be the consensus. And again, I don't necessarily disagree. I think maybe not yet than the best version of Alex Marinelli, but yeah, he's you know got a couple more dynamic attacks. I think he'll 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 round into a, a more finished product that probably has a higher upside. You know, but um, in I general, think that's I think that's where a lot of the like Iowa fans and and like I see it too, where like you know you cover five years of Marinelli, I guess six. Um, you know when he showed up, it was bang bang. Here he is, automatic top six guy, mm-hmm. and it never you know twenty twenty didn't happen, so I guess we'll never know. But like it never got better than that, and I say that like. Sometimes it happens. Like sometimes you show up and you do the damn thing right away. And that's, that's as good as it gets sometimes. And it's a bummer. And it speaks a lot, I think, to his consistency that he was able to show up right away, be very good and continue to be very good without, you know, quote unquote, climbing the ladder. Um, But like offensive versatility, give the nod to Patrick Kennedy a little bit. Um, He just does a little bit more. He's more willing to do a little bit more. And so I think when you, you know, when Iowa fans are like, yes, he's a better bull. um, I see why I get it. Um, But I'm along, you know, along the same side with you, like, let's see it against some of the best guys, right? Because like he got handled by David Carr. Everybody got handled by David Carr this year. But um, you know, Dean Hamity, I thought he wrestled really well, but I don't know that Hamity was ever in full danger of losing that match. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and then obviously he didn't see Amin in the Iowa Michigan duel. So that makes that potential semifinal just all the more intriguing. Um, sure. you know, and then I and then you you know, you think back to Amin beating Marinelli um in the NCAA quarters, which came after Marinelli basically what two one to his way to a win at the Big Ten tournament last year. Like, you know, I th- I think people are just kind of more excited to be like, okay there's a wrestler now who's going to open it up a little bit more against Amin. What does that look like? Um, and I think mm-hmm. that unknown is maybe a little bit more exciting just based on the results Kennedy's had this year. 100%, you know, um, it's funny and, 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 you know, no shots at, at Marinelli. I think year by year, weight by weight, it gets different, right? Like the guys get better, you get injured, other guys get injured, you know, like it depending on the situation, like think about Mason Paris, just to jump around to that real fast. Uh, his sophomore year, it was like he was leaps and bounds better than everybody not named Gable Stevenson. And, you know, last year, obviously, he was dealing with some injuries, but, you know, wasn't le- clearly leaps and bounds better than everybody like he was the previous year. And then this year, too, it's a little bit closer. Now, again, people get better year by year. It's completely different, you know, but um, but no, you guys should be excited for Patrick Kennedy. I mean, you know, I'm not if I'm, if I'm going to go full Homer mode and I'm like, all right, well, Cam Amin's been kind of dinged up all year. 
And he's a two-time All-American. Let's not forget that. Oh yeah, he's yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. You know, Cam Amin is is a beast. All right, like yeah. he's, <laughs> he's he's more more ready to to you know have a, a boxing match than he is a a wrestling match. You know, he's gonna hit you around a, a bunch. Um, he does this thing that I've been thinking about trying to, to work on myself, but like he clubs with the right hand and then he just kind of like sticks his left hand like in that he like turns your head and then sticks his left hand in the headgear and just kind of pushes your head away the whole match and like watch for it the next time you watch him because it looks miserable to deal with um so anyway uh, i'm i'm you know a little concerned about that match because I, I think patrick kennedy's awesome i think cam amin is awesome um but i wish if, if cam amin were 100 percent, i'd feel a little bit more confident in it right i don't know what percentage anybody is close to 100 at this point in the season but Regardless, um, the point remains. But this weight is going to be sweet, man. This weight is going to be really, really good. Um, I, I, I'm interested to see what you know, a guy like Caleb Fish can can get some upsets in here, right? I mean, he's probably not going to get you know the the upset over um, Kennedy, uh, but but he's he's tough. He's really tough. Yeah, like what does his backside path look like? Like, could he sneak into the third place match? Right? Like, mm-hmm. I think it's. Totally, you know, he'd have to probably deal with Facundo if all the seeds hold. So we'll see what happens. But hey, would would the most exciting thing for the future of the Big Ten be Kennedy Facundo finals? Um, probably. Yeah. Um, and it's and it's kind of you know if Facundo can get through Harchla again, what version of Harchla do we get? Um, Hamity and Facundo is going to be like all limbs, and it's going to be kind of which is going to be really hilarious by comparison because the other semifinal is just too compact, like you know freight trains just like going at each other did they wrestle each other this year i don't know why i'm blanking on that i I don't remember wisconsin and penn state but maybe they did i know penn state housed wisconsin um i i need to probably double check that i'm trying to pull it up right now on my uh on my computer and i feel like i feel like hamity did win that match so penn state won the duel 28 to 28 to 11 it was like a sunday Um, yeah, if I can click the right thing to show the results, Hamity wrestled Matt Lee that day, one eighteen to six. Did I, not wrestle Facundo. That's right. That's right. Beat the snot out of him. Um, all right. So yeah, I'm excited to see that match too. But yeah, one sixty five is super intriguing as it always is, you know. And and it's going to have a huge implication on NCAA's. Yeah, yeah. Now there was, you know, obviously again through the Iowa lens because that's who I cover most of all. Um, you know. Kennedy, the, the winner of the Kennedy Amin semifinal to get into the Big Ten finals could climb as high as like the four or five seed, depending on how some of these other conference tournaments go. Um, yeah. And if, you know, assuming they see Hamity, you know, I guess if they see Facundo, the calculus changes. But assuming they see Hamity, the winner of that Big Ten final, whether it's Kennedy, Amin or Hamity, they could climb as high as the three seed. I think Hamity, the math could break that he could be the two seed if he wins it. Like there's. There's a lot of things at play there at 65. Is this is this is a different conference, but I'm gonna throw it out there real quick. David Carr, Keegan O'Toole. Let's say hypothetically David Carr beats Keegan O'Toole again, just for the sake of this argument. Um O'Toole's still the two seed, I would think. His only two I... losses on the year would then be to the guy who's number one. Right. Um, and so then I just I wonder how the math breaks because Hamity right now is something in one or no, 18 and three. Yeah, yeah, he's 
Yeah, he lost to Car. He lost he to Amin. He lost to Monday, and he lost to Car. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't see a way. So if there's no real like safer side of the bracket, right? Like people can't see my quotation marks that I'm doing as I'm talking <laughs> to, but you know I'm making them. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be an awesome wait. I mean, this was the most fun wait at the beginning of the year. Everybody agreed pretty much so and it's yeah it's 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 delivered on that expectation even though it's kind of been david carr and everybody else um mm-hmm. again i live in iowa that's how i see things maybe it'll be different this weekend who knows um another way that i think is super interesting um before we jump to the next topic um 157 just because i was scrolling up on the precedes and i'm like oh yeah that's a thing because You've got Peyton Rob, who, you know, it's, I don't want to say it's Peyton Rob next topic, but he's been that good this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, you know, Levi Haynes at the two, Kendall Coleman at the three, Saldate at the four, Seabrick at the five, Luluan at the six. Like, I don't, Mikey Carr is the seven seed. Trevor Chumbly, remember him? He's the eight seed. Like, this, mm-hmm. like, there's a lot of, a lot of things that could happen. And I have no absolutely no earthly idea how this weight will go outside of, you know, maybe very lightly penciling in Peyton Robin to the finals. The um, only thing I know will happen is that Will Lawan will wrestle as many overtime matches as as he wrestles matches. Um, so so that, if the seeds that, hold, he'll start with Patty Gallagher because why not start with Patty Gallagher in the first? No, he wouldn't. He would no, start Brayton with Lee. Brayton yeah. Lee. That's a terrible yeah. first match. <laughs> That's wild. Um, and so then if he wins, if the seeds... ranked first and third in the country to begin the year, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Um, so yeah, so he'll get, he'll get Brayton, Brayton Lee, two all Americans facing off in the first round at 57 yeah. winner gets Kendall Coleman, who I don't believe is an all American, like by Not accomplishment yet. Yet. yet, but he's good um, enough to be one. Yes. I mean, like, so that the, the COVID year, uh, was when he looked his best he was awesome i mean this guy's been a big 10 finalist he's done so much and then he blew his knee out the next year the actual like covid year where everybody wrestled like 10 matches and against jared frannick um Mm. and then he just he wasn't the same after that you know i I had interviewed him right before the season started right in like november december time frame and he was like yeah i got done you know with rehabbing and everything and then i was walking around in like september and then i was back in the room in october and now the season started and i was like oh so you legitimately like just walked off the the rehab and into you know wrestling so last season is not an indicator of what kendall coleman is i i think this year is much more close to that and um i'm i'm excited to see what he's going to be able to do i want to see him and, and levi haynes like assuming that matchup ends up happening that's going to be an awesome one because both of those guys are are really really explosive wrestlers yeah and we're uh you know levi haynes is going to have to deal with mikey carr who is in his Mm -hmm. 20th year approximately of college wrestling Mm -hmm. um so you know can he get through there or you know Derek gilcher from indiana because why not have a hoosier in the quarters let's see what happens um just a fun weight just a really fun weight where you know there's a couple of interesting first round matchups, but then really like, I think this bracket kind of starts in the quarters and that's where it's like, who knows? Right. Like, I don't know. Well, and the crazy thing about this weight, this is the only weight in the big 10 where they get 10 allocations. 
So, and, and deservedly so, right? I mean, like the eight seed won the MSU Open. And, <laughs> and you know, we talked about tournaments. Uh, I think the last time I was on with you, we talked about tournaments, you know, in the, the mid-season area, right? Uh, Midlands, Southern Scuffle, those sorts of things being a little watered down. And then, again, no, I'm not throwing shade at anything. I think teams should feel free to go wherever they want to go. But um, but the MSU Open is not watered down. Like that is a right <laughs> way throw everybody into the ring and see what happens. Sort of a tournament. Um, and yeah, he he won the whole thing. So uh, it's it's going to be awesome to see what what happens. Um, I I'm pumped for Saldate. I think he can if he can get by Seabrick. Like I think he can beat Peyton Rob. Um, Ooh, Seabrick is. And this is why I say that Seabrick is, is is so good on his feet and is going to throw a million miles an hour just like nonstop. That Seabrick Saldate matchup could legit be like thirteen to nine. It's it's a clash of styles, like straight up. Like Saldate is going to is so good defensively. If he doesn't get stalled out, you know, like if this was in Carver Hawkeye, like he'd get stalled out. <laughs> but <laughs> to Ann Arbor, uh, maybe he'll you know he'll he'll be able to get some counter attacks, things like that. Um, he was one of the top recruits in the country coming into Michigan state. Like the guy's awesome. Um, and I talked to him early in the year and he was like, yeah, you know, it's kind of weird. Like you, you get more confidence as you grow up for whatever reason. And he's like, I'm just, I feel so much more confident this year than I ever did in any other season. And you've seen it in, in his, uh, his, his competitions. So, uh, he's going to be great if, if he can weather the storm, he is a hammer on top. And if teams aren't prepared for that, like he's going to, he's going to catch some people and, and get a quick extra couple points. Um, so that's where I think he might be able to, to get that win. I mean, I don't think to my knowledge, no, he hasn't wrestled Peyton Rob or Seabrook this year. So no, I didn't turn him. Yeah, no, I, I'm very excited about that quarterfinal just cause I don't know what's going to happen. The Seabrook Saldate quarterfinal. Um, I think it could be really explosive. Um, you know, I like the idea of Kobe going in hot, Saldate maybe hitting a counter, Seabrek hitting a leg pass, and then we'll just kind of see who ends up the 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 higher man at the end of the scramble. Um, you know, and that's you know if if Saldate is able to score, maybe he builds a big enough lead that you know he can withstand a, a Seabrek throw in the second period or something like that. Or if Seabrek comes out on top, like how does Saldate respond? Can can Kobe just can keep going back to it? Um, you know, he's he's a good he's he's good on top in the way that like he rides well. He doesn't really turn a ton. He turns a little bit, but I don't think he'll score a ton of near fall in this particular tournament. Um, Just a really intriguing quarterfinal, which as it should be when it's the four or five, right? Right. Seabricht and and Bryce Andonian are going, are like, their highlights are so awesome, but they're going to get a lot of youth wrestlers in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) You're not Kobe Seabricht. You can't just like cartwheel out of a, a, a leg attack. (laughs) <laughs> and guys back. That's not how this works normally. So yeah, they're awesome. Um, wanted to touch on the team race because I I know and this is I I wrote about this in the mailbag earlier this week. This is a jaded and maybe a snarky take. Um, but especially after last year's medical forfeit debacle, it bears reminding that these conference tournaments are first and foremost national tournament qualifiers. That said. I know teams want to win this, right? Like Michigan priding themselves on the fact that they won a Big Ten tournament team title last year. Rightfully so. They wrestled a hell of a tournament. Um, Penn State's favored to win by a lot. 
Um, mm-hmm. I do team score projections. Um, it's it's pretty simple for those of us in the wrestling bubble. I take all the placement points, throw them in a mythical bracket. Um, you know, tally up for mythical advancement on the front and the backside. Um, early projections have Penn State scoring 142 points, which is approximately 30 and a half more than second place Iowa, who has about 25 more than third place Ohio State. Is that the team race we see this weekend where it's just kind of Penn State gap, Iowa gap, everybody else? Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's it's too bad that like the most exciting and the and clearly the best wrestling conference in the country doesn't have a team race to even really worry about. Like most of the other conferences do. Like there's a couple teams that could win the MAC. There's a couple teams that could win the ACC. There's a couple teams that could win uh, the Big 12, you know, like, you know, Missouri, Iowa State, you know, Northern Iowa, even like there's there's some a, a lot of or Oklahoma State, for that example, too. Um, there's a lot of intrigue elsewhere. Not so much here. Um, Dude, you want to hear the projections for the Pac-12 on a weird side note? I, I saw it recently. It was Oregon State one, right? Oregon, Oregon State, State. I have them projected 117, which is yep. 10 points clear of Arizona State. Yep. But only 13 points clear of Cal Poly. I don't know if Cal Poly can sweep the Pac-12 this season, but I got four teams scoring north of 100 points at the Pac-12 tournament. So, like, did they, did they win the conference tournament? So Cal Poly swept the dual meet title. Really? Yeah. I didn't realize that. Wow. Yeah. They so it's not there. Just not wrestle them. I th- I thought they beat them. Wow. I thought they went a perfect five and zero. Oh. I did not know that. Good for them. I knew they had a good year, but then, you know, there was a couple times in the season I was like, well, maybe they're top heavy. Interesting. That's good. I'm happy for them. They they seem to be in the uh, in the we're a dual meet team phase of whatever mm-hmm. rebuild that they might be in. But yeah, okay, you ready for this? Yeah. 19-18 over Arizona State, 22-12 okay. over Bakersfield, 25-10 over Little Rock, 18-15 over Stanford, and 19-15 over Oregon State. Wow. Bang, That's bang, impressive. bang, right in a row. Yeah. Good for them. Good for them. Yeah. Anyway, back to back back to big back to Big Ten wrestling. Um, uh, yeah. you don't you don't believe the team race is gonna be any near as exciting as as some of these other conferences. I, I don't. I, I don't. I and, and you know, that's not to say that I was not wrestling great. I, I think that they're wrestling extremely well. Um in fact, I I you know I'm sure part of them. Like they're they're clearly healthier right now than they were that this this time last year, right? That's a huge component. I don't think that they went into last year's Big Tens thinking, can't wait till we get to the semis and we can just dip, right? Like that's not what their plan was. Um, and who who knows? Maybe it was their plan, knowing how banged up they were. And again, I I don't fault them for that. Um, but I think that. I think this year, just what they showed against uh, Oklahoma State in that dual meet and how ready they were to, for, for any toss-up situation, um, I feel like they've really got these guys healthy, peaking, ready to go. Um, they've got a really good combination of leadership and experience and youth. So it's it's going to be cool to see what they're able to do. Yeah. Um, I believe I... I, I Earl and I explored this idea. Shout out to Earl Smith. Um, shout out to Intermap always. We explored this idea way earlier in the season. Now we're four months into the season. I want to pose the similar question to you. 
this this has the potential to be an all-time Penn State team. Um, Earl and I kind of thought that before, you know, we got to see what Van Ness and Bartlett and well, now Levi Haynes and Facundo ultimately added to, you know, this killer fivesome that Kale seems to trot out every single year. Um, mm-hmm. Really, really good Penn State team. How much, like, Iowa, is it a successful season for Iowa, a team that always wants to win always wants to take first, always wants to win a national title. I'm of the belief that a successful season means you're pretty firmly number two in the country, which means you're probably pretty firmly number two in the big 10 too. Is that weird to say out loud or what do you, what do you think of this? No. So I think it all, you know, there's a lot of context to take into place here, right? Like um, wrestling, at least in recent history has not been one of those sports where there's a whole lot of, intrigue on the, the the team race we had a couple years ago when uh it was ohio state and penn state and then in cleveland i think it was and then bo nickel pinned miles martin and everybody was dead silent except for the penn state fans like that was insane you're gonna get a couple years like that right um but for the most part you know and, and you're even gonna get the year what was it 97 gables last season where they weren't favored to win it and then all of a sudden they scored more points and, than anybody any team in in history of the NCAA wrestling tournament so like yeah 170 that maybe this Penn State team could threaten they could <laughs> honestly um and let, well it's probably more impressive if they threaten it without a 125 pound you know <laughs> 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 they won't have one, but he's not making it. He's not getting an at-large bid. So, um, yeah, there's that piece of it. But um, you're you're going to get some crazy things sometimes, you know. But, again, that that it's not going to happen this year. There's, it's not. It, there's just – it would require a an awful lot of crazy things to happen uh, that I just don't think are going to happen. No, I, I agree. Um, and I think the, the thing that the team score projections that we do um, – I do. Other people do. I know that's how Earl calculates his tournament team rankings. Um, it 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 offers a roadmap, right? Like it kind of shows you, you know, the margin for error. For example, for Penn State, and you know, in the case of Iowa, the margin for error between them and third place. Um, you know, I think that more than anything is kind of what's fun about crunching the numbers like this. Um, that said, um, if it truly is kind of you know Penn State gap, Iowa gap. Um, here is third through eighth, Ohio state, Nebraska, Northwestern, Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, who takes third. You said Ohio state, Nebraska, who, who again? So you got Ohio. These are based on the projections, Ohio state in third, Nebraska in fourth, Northwestern fifth, Michigan, sixth, Wisconsin, seventh, Minnesota in eighth. Yeah. I, I think Nebraska, uh, I think Nebraska is so good. Um, I just don't with how tough 165 is, I think you're you're expecting some points from from Hartula that I don't know that you're going to get. Um I think that you know, especially with Malik Heinzelman not being there. Um I know that their backup yeah, I know their backup's good too. Um, but you know, that's that's a big drop off. Um I, I just have been so impressed with what Nebraska's done all year long. Like I've Silas Allred is awesome. Uh, who they got at 184? I'm, I'm blanking on his name too. Shoot, hold on. Uh, Pinto, on. Lenny yes, Pinto. Yes, 
think Pinto, yeah, he's he's been awesome too. Might be um, one of the dangerous 84s in the tournament, um, both this weekend in Tulsa. Truthfully, honestly, 184 is one of those crazy weights too. There's gonna be a lot of movement around in there, but um, but that's he's he's been awesome. I mean, obviously Mike Libriola has been incredible this year. Um, he's been incredible just about every year he's been in wrestling. Um, but man, he's he's been really good this year. I want to do a look back on 174 in general over the last couple of years because I feel like, and again, we all know that what the the Big Ten's good every year, but like just 174 has had some studs. Well, um, you look that up. I'm gonna I'm gonna give a counter to Nebraska taking third by saying Northwestern, even though they have a little bit more ground that they have to pick up. But here's so my projections have. Ohio State third with 88 points. That obviously included Heinzelman and, you know, we're assuming Hartschlub rustles to his fifth place seed if that happens. Nebraska at 83 and a half and then Northwestern at 70 and a half. That's a pretty steep gap. Um, here's my thought, though. Um, one, same staff that took 10 qualifiers to the national tournament last year. I think that mm-hmm. counts for something. Um, Michael D'Agostino is the sixth seed at 125. He's on the opposite side of Spencer Lee. That gives him a shot to make the finals. Um, 133, Chris Cannon's the four seed. Um, He'll probably run into RBY in the semis, but I see no reason why he could not potentially beat Bird for third, right? Um, Or maybe Mendez if Bird is able to get that one back in the semifinals. Um, You know, Frankie Talshahar's the four. 41's pretty stacked. He's on the same side as Real Woods, who handled him fairly easily the last time they wrestled. Um, But... You know, maybe banking on some of these Northwestern guys to, you know, climb from fourth to third, or can they sneak into the finals depending on the draw? You know, like Yaya's on the opposite side of Sammy Sasso. Who knows what Austin Gomez is going to look like? There's some yeah. points that they could pick up there. Um, I don't know. I, th- I think Northwestern could be a, a sneaky team to watch for in terms of the fight for third. I I don't disagree. They're clearly super deep. They would need a lot to go right. Yes, that's that's the one hang-up. Because um, you, you talk about Chris Cannon, you know, being able to to get a chance to see Roman Bravo Young. Well, he's got to beat Dylan Raguson, who you know, depending on which version of Dylan Raguson you get on any, you know, on any day. Like if that's ready to throw fist Dylan Raguson, then I'll take him against almost anybody. I mean, he wrestled the closest match against RBY than anybody else did this entire year. So maybe not. Pretty sure it was. No, four two sounds about right. Yeah, it was real close. So, yeah. Um, so, and then if you're canon, if you lose that quarterfinal match, then you're looking at potentially seeing, you know, who would you see in the cross there? Potentially Brody Teske, Rayvon Foley, um, mm-hmm. on the drop from the semis, either Mendez or Bird, and like that's just to get to the third place match. So, no, that's fair. Um, you know, and maybe I'm a little like, okay, can Diagostino get to the finals? Can Trevor Chumley outplace his eight seed? Um, you know, can Andrew Davison put together a really good tournament at a fairly wide open weight? I don't know. Like I just, Northwestern's a really fun team to watch. Um, and so like thoroughly going to enjoy seeing them in a tournament setting just cause they, they're, they're a team that comes to wrestle every year. So, you know, let's just, I, I don't disagree with your Nebraska take. I just, you know, for the sake of argument and podcasting. Well, I, for the 50th time, this podcast, the big 10 is really deep and good. <laughs> you know, uh, no, but just to emphasize, to, to continue to emphasize your point, right? Like, uh, I didn't like watching Mason Paris wrestle Lucas Davison earlier this year. That was closer than I would have liked to have seen it. And I, I, you know, I, I have a lot of faith in Mason Paris, but I'm going to be cautiously optimistic because 
I, I don't want to be too cocky. Like I, I, I want him to beat Davison again. That was a close match. It's a really close match. So for anybody to think that, and you know, who knows, Hilger could beat Davison anyway. Right. And, and we won't have to deal with that, but even Hilger and, and uh, Paris was close. So Dave, uh, Northwestern has a chance for sure. No, first. I just, I, I think they're going to be a fun team to watch. Um, who, another topic that I had written down of the wrestlers who are not seated one, who do you think has the best chance to win this weekend? Hmm. Not seated one best <clears throat> chance. Um, so I got all the two seeds, huh? Man. <laughs> or the three seeds or the four seeds. Yeah. Um, or, you know, Hey, why not? Why not? Yeah. Yeah. 49. Like, let's just jump on that train by let's, I mean me. I mean, truthfully, like, why not Yaya? Has he ever come close to Sammy Sasso? I will look. I will look that up. I feel like he's been close. I I don't. If if I'm gonna go anybody but the one seeds, I mean, I hate to do it, so I'm not going to. Um, I'm gonna go. Honestly, <laughs> I'm gonna go either one seventy four or one eighty four. I think Caleb Romero can beat Aaron Brooks. Uh, that was a super close match earlier this year, and and you know halfway through Romero dislocated his finger, you know, still problems his butt off the rest of the match and, and was fine. Uh, we haven't even seen Labriola and Starachi, uh, assuming we get to see that. I, I kind of anticipate Ed Ruth is going to beat, um, excuse me, Edmund Ruth is going to beat Bailey O'Reilly, um, you know, and, and avenge that loss and end up wrestling Starachi in the semis. I, I'm excited to see that match. But I think that, you know, Labriola or Caleb Romero, uh, are, are good ones. I mean, obviously Kirk Fliet, like that was the one I didn't want to say, but I'll say it. <laughs> I, I, I deserve to give the people the, the truth. Um, that's another guy who has a really, he's got a good chance. He's beaten Paris mo- more times than Paris has beaten him. Makes sense. Um, I like, I like Yaya as a potential, potential winner there. I also like um, Brock Hardy. Um, he was really impressive in a six, four loss to real woods. Um, I think 41 is, is reels to lose. Um, mm-hmm. but I think if he could lose it, I think it could potentially be to Hardy just cause he's got a little bit of firepower there to make things interesting. Um, real is just so, so good sitting on leads, um, that I just, I, I, th- I feel like Hardy's got to score early and like nobody outscores real woods in the first period. So who knows, but, um, that's a guy at least worth watching. Um, you know, I, Yaya 49, I, you know, obviously it depends on what kind of Gomez we see. I know. So I looked this up, Sasso five and zero all time against Yaya, but two of those have gone into multiple tiebreakers. So really? okay, including, including their most recent matchup, which was early February, um, TB three Sasso won at two to one. So Yaya responded by scoring a grand total of 31 points in his next two matches. So, Hey, hey my, why, my apologies. Yaya. I, uh, <laughs> I clearly missed that one. Um, no, Brock Hardy's a good pick. I I, I still I, – I think that, you know, 141 is a national championship guy. Like, I'm a big um, Alirez fan, but I think that weight in general is anybody's, you know. Um, so, I think Hardy could win it. Bartlett could win it. Woods could win it. Alirez could win it. Um, and I'm talking NCAAs now, right? But, um, yeah. Is – is is can anybody other than Spencer Lee win 125? Are we just writing this off as like he's going to do it? I don't I'm, think that's. Uh, so 
when it comes to things like this, I always go to who like who do you think who do you think can beat them? Right. And so like when you look at like previous four timers, it's like, okay, Mitchell Port could beat Logan Steber, but then he tweaks his knee in the first like 90 seconds of that match and it's over. Mm-hmm. Um David Taylor could beat Kyle Dake, but we literally have never seen that, I don't think, at least throughout their collegiate and post-collegiate careers. Um Kale was never going to lose. I don't remember Pat Smith. So I don't, I, I never want to say never say never, but like, I don't, I just don't see it. I don't see anybody beating Spencer, which is like such a, you know, oh my God, like you're, you know, way off the wall with that one. But like, I just, I don't see it. No, I get it. I I get it. And and again, uh, I I don't necessarily think that that's incorrect either. Cause you know, we could look back I'm just appreciating every moment I get to watch Spencer be wrestle until he's not wrestling anymore. Right. And I hope that's 30 years from now. I hope he wrestles, you know, forever. Um, but we saw Matt Ramos throw him to his back earlier this year. That we watched was, that match the other day, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, there was only like a minute and a half to watch of it. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I, okay. So that actually, that brings up a, a decent point. Um, if somebody is going to beat Spencer, from what we have seen, if you're going to beat Spencer, you normally have to score early and quickly. We saw mm-hmm. Ramos do it, um, even though Spencer came back and pinned it before the end of the first period. We saw Marco Vespa score a quick takedown on Spencer Lee. Um, you know, there have been times where, and like people always talk about, like, oh, where's his gas tank at? He never has gas tank issues in March um, unless he's literally wrestling without ACLs. When right. he figures it out in March, it's that's never an issue. Does he give up points immediately? So if that's the method to get a lead on him, who can do that? Matt Ramos, I believe, can do that. Um, I think he's probably the only person in the Big Ten just because Marco Vespa's not in the bracket. Um, well, the only other match I could think of uh, was Patrick McKee. Uh, I think it ended up being 8-2 or something like that, or 6-2 or, or 8-4. So I believe I'll look this up, but yeah, Uh, but McKee didn't take him down. McKee didn't take him down, um, but it was basically, it was a takedown and then a turn. And then I think it was six, two. And then like, that was the whole match. So seven, seven, one, seven, one. Okay. Right. Right. Idea. Time. Yeah. Okay. Um, So it looks worse than it, than it was in my opinion. So that's, that's the only thing like, and sure. If you're Spencer Lee, like, why do you have to push it against a, a dangerous guy? You already got the takedown. You got the turn. You're going to get riding time. Like there's no reason to you know, go out there and do anything more than you need to. Um, but you know, if you can keep yourself from getting turned, create some, some other scrambles, get some back points yourself. Who knows? These are my, yeah. <laughs> these are, this is my, my book you can buy called how to beat Spencer Lee by Kevin Clonch. Just score more points than him. <laughs> District qualifier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i don't I, I i don't know i i keep telling people um you know and i think iowa fans are starting to listen a little bit more if not to me than to other people who are saying it but like just the dude's got in theory eight matches left in his iowa career like please sit back and enjoy the show like it yeah. is it has been kind of unbelievable how good he has been um i know he's not you know i mean he's he's lost five times whatever but like you know oh. for my money the best Iowa wrestler I think we've ever seen. 
Um, and I don't think it's a hyperbole to say that. And whether or not he gets the job done, I'm still going to think that. Like he's the most dominant Iowa wrestler I think I've ever seen. And it's been just an absolute genuine pleasure to get to watch that dude up close all these years. I 100% agree with you. And also um, he has three more losses than he – no, I'm sorry. He has five more losses than he had ACLs when he won the national title. So <laughs> – you want to know another weird stat from Spencer Lee? Cause I'm trying to come up with different story ideas before mm-hmm. the national tournament. Um, he has been taken down. I wrote this down. Um, 15 people total have taken him down over the course of like six college seasons. Um, and I say six with an asterisk because there was one where he wrestled three matches and then he took the medical default. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like 15, 15 people total have taken him down in the last six years. And he has won, I think, all but four of those matches. No, all but five. Because the mm-hmm. five guys who beat him did take him down. Um, kind of have to. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, there was, Especially I'm trying to think. Team. You can win national titles, two national titles without takedowns in the finals. Because I think, uh, who was it? NATO um, took him down every time they wrestled. And he went two, or he, he went one and two against him. Because Spencer rode him out to win three, two. He lost 2-1 at Big Tens, and then he pinned him in the NCAAs um, in the semifinals that year. Um, and then that doesn't count the freestyle result from yeah. forever ago. Those matches were so fun. They were. And it was like, man, what a good wrestler. He, was he went first, first, third, third, third. Like, that is yep. incredibly hard. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah, that was I do we have any other final Big Ten thoughts? I know we've been kind of scattershot, scatterbrain going here. Um the the only thing and, and I mentioned this briefly, like no, what was the weight? I think it was 149. 149 is seniors. I don't know if Sammy Sasso, do you know if Sasso has another year left? I feel like um, he does. I know it lists him as redshirt senior on like the website. But I, I, Russell Stat has him as a junior. Okay, okay. I, I figured he. I think he has one more year. But you still yeah. got Gomez is gone. Thomas is gone. Mirren is gone. Blockus is gone. Um, and then you've got you know. So basically, we'll have Sasso next year. Van Ness next year. I think I don't know about Graham Rooks. I don't know if the Rooks uh, twins are, are seniors or not. But Ethan Miller, Chance Lamer, uh, and you know that's. Top nine guys. Oh, Omanya is gone. Um, I think most of the other guys come back, but like you're losing a lot of the top dudes at 149. That was just a thing that I, I realized the other day when looking at this. And most of the other weights, you're going to get your your mix, but a lot of the top guys are gone. And I'm going to really miss Max Murin. He was so much fun. Dude, and he has been so much fun. And he's been, I mean, he's he's been great this year. Like, yeah, absolutely. I just so happened to land on his Russell stat page 17 and three, lost to Gomez, lost to Yaya, lost to Panero, um, you know, pinned Kevon Davenport, um, beat Van Ness, beat Blockus, beat Lamer, beat Voinovich, um, mm-hmm. sensational season, beat Zapf, um, who is, I guess, the one seed at EIWAs, apparently. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well deserved. Whatever you you know can be the six loss guy going against a three time uh, NCAA champion, world silver medalist, 
you should probably be seated over him. <laughs> despite having lost to him like a week ago. That's insane. I can't. <laughs> if that happened in the Big Tens, there would, would be couches burning. Like we would just lose our minds. Oh my God. I mean, there's a few weights where it's like, I wonder how that's going to get seated. And then every time I see it, I'm like, yeah, you know, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't care what happened anymore. It was wrong and it should be fixed. I don't care how many coaches voted yes to keep it versus no to keep it. It's wrong. Fix it. It's not cool. And it screws all the three seeds that now have to wrestle the one seed in the semis. The side note, because we're on this tangent, was talking to Willie Saylor about this. Shout out to the Matt Scout. Um, why don't, and this was more for like the conversation we were having was about NCAAs because like, I guess the coaches didn't realize that Teske was allowed to be ranked. And I guess I didn't submit them. And so there was just kind of a screwy thing with that whole algorithm or whatever. And like, I remember us basically coming to the conclusion, like why doesn't somebody in the NCAA office just like keep a running Excel sheet of everybody who's eligible and do the math themselves so that you take it out of the coach's hands. Like I know the coaches have to do the rankings and whatnot, but just like in terms of like who is eligible to be there, like somebody take it out of their hands so that they know when the time comes like same thing here. Like why doesn't somebody like designate somebody in the conference to, and I know it's a little bit of extra work, but just like keep track of this stuff. Like, Oh, so-and-so is, you know, he's got six losses on the year, but he's five and one against the conference. And his one loss was to that guy who went undefeated. Like just, you know, like we keep track of standings in every other sport. I don't know why we don't do it in wrestling. Like it's, it seems like a very simple thing to solve. Yeah, there's like courses on pivot tables for like how to figure out Excel. Like it's not hard. If you don't already have somebody who can do it, find someone who can. And I'll take the course. I don't care. Give me, give, you know, I'll, it's it's not hard. It's not hard. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it drives me crazy too. It there's, but at the same time, you know, here we are. Let's go back to the first question you asked me. What are the vibes? Vibes are good. <laughs> here, March, we are on the the precipice of of the conference tournaments getting going. Uh, my my conference, uh, not my conference, but my conference. You know, the MAC uh, starts tomorrow, so I'm excited for that. Uh, MAC is a Friday Sunday tournament or Friday Saturday tournament? Friday Saturday, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the semis oh. are actually ESPN um, Plus, I think, tomorrow at like five or three, something like that. So, um, so I'm excited for that. Um, it's funny you were you were talking about, you know, what other teams could end up winning this, or is this Penn State's? And I was I was going to say if this were the Max, I'd figure out a way for Central to win it. It's like <laughs> I don't care. I'll just I can't I can't help it. But um, no, I think the Big Ten's going to be awesome, man. I think that that the wrestling and the hockey crowds are going to mingle uh, especially well, and uh, it's going to be super fun. I'm looking when, forward to it. When do you um, get in? I get it. So I fly in, um, man, my flight takes off in like 10 hours, um, 10 hours, my time. I leave six 30 in the morning from Des Moines. So then I think I land in Detroit at 11. Nice. Um, so that would be 11 Detroit time. And then I'm going to take an Uber, I think straight to Chrysler. Um, and then we'll figure it out from there. Cause there's still a couple of other work things that I need to get done tomorrow before the wrestling starts. Um, so yeah, I'll be there early. I'll be there literally all weekend. I'm even sticking around. I don't think I leave until late Monday. Um, so I'll be writing the mailbag from Ann Arbor, which will be fun. Um, 
Yeah, dude, I'm excited. Like Big Ten tournaments fun every year. Um, it never disappoints. There's always something interesting to talk about um, because coming out of the conference tournament, it's always like, yeah, we got those two days and then the brackets come out and then we can discuss that for the next week and then boom, big dance. So um, I'm excited. March is here. It's going to be a lot of fun. I appreciate you coming on. Any final thoughts before I let you go or anything you uh, you want to plug in addition to the you know the the travel guide for Ann Arbor? I know you mentioned that earlier. Yeah, that's it. Travel guide. Um, you know, if, if you want to listen to the blood round podcast, we go through the weights one by one. Uh, it's kind of a little bit jumbled because, uh, I turned my mic off at some point, so I had to then re-record it. Um, but you know, Hey, uh, all good. Um, so check that out if you want to listen to a weight by weight breakdown, but, uh, yeah, if you're coming to Ann Arbor, the travel guide is a must. There's some, some gems of information I throw in there too. Uh, specifically a former Michigan wrestler by the name of Nick Valceris, uh, and a diver on the Michigan team won the first ever world series of beer pong. And most people don't know that. I didn't um, realize there was a world series of beer pong, but now I'm very curious about how you qualify for that. You learn something new every day, buddy. <laughs> Clutch, I appreciate you making some time and, uh, Hey, I'll see you very soon, my man. I'll see you soon, buddy. Always great catching up with Clanch to discuss wrestling, but especially Big Ten wrestling. I think you guys could tell from the conversation. We're both super excited. Um, Going to be a really great weekend. Again, I'll be in Ann Arbor um, in person for the Big Ten championships, but I'll also, of course, have an eye on the Big 12 championships. The NAIA national championships began today down in Kansas. Grandview is hunting for another national team title. Um, what else is going on this weekend? Junior college men and women national championships going on at Council Bluffs. Um, and then the NCAA women's national championships, which the next pod in your feed is going to include a little bit about that going on in Cedar Rapids. I'm going to touch on the big news that the women got earlier this week and just kind of the importance of of that event that's taken place, you know, not just this year, but they signed a contract to be in Cedar Rapids for, um, quite a few years here. So, um, Plenty of wrestling options to follow and go watch live this week. I hope you guys really get to take in the action, whether you're in Ann Arbor with me, down in Tulsa with the uh, Clones and Panthers, or if you're still in Iowa, maybe you go to Council Bluffs, catch some Juco, maybe you go out to Cedar Rapids, catch the women, um, or maybe you want to make the drive down to Kansas and watch uh, some NAIA action. Lots of great wrestling going on this weekend, so um, we're going to have it all covered. Um, doing my best to cover it in podcast form here today, but we're obviously going to have a lot of written content, um, recaps, analysis, all on the Register's website this weekend. So uh, be sure to tap into that. Be sure to tap into the next pod in your feed for uh, some you and I conversation as well as some NCAA women's wrestling conversation. Um, But that's all we've got for this particular show, guys. Appreciate y'all tuning in. Um, Again, next show is in the feed. Um, If you didn't catch the first one from earlier today, um, exclusively on Iowa State and the Big 20, 12 championships. Um, go tap into that one now. Um, but I appreciate you tuning in. Be sure to rate and review the show wherever you listen to your podcast. Subscribe to the Des Moines Register. Again, I, I don't have to tell you again, a lot of wrestling coming this weekend, more coming the next weekend, and then obviously the big dance down in Tulsa just a couple weeks out now. I don't want you guys to miss a thing the rest of the way. You can find links to subscribe as well as stories from this past week in the show notes. Thanks again for listening, you guys. We will talk again soon.